Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Distance, and we took a left at the valley. We did take a left at the valley. And <laughs> And, wrong turn in Albuquerque. And then like, the left of the valley goes right to a glory hole. It's it like right does. to a glory hole. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. Come at you from Festive BZ. This is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I ask you to suppose you were an idiot, and suppose you were a member of Congress, but then I repeat myself. <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that, unlike most people, are afraid of heights, they are afraid of width. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't mind heights, but if if there's a long stretch of just like nothing that's just empty forever, I'm like, no, thank you. You've never I, been to Alberta, have or you? Or Saskatchewan. <laughs> she always does the right thing because it gratifies some people and astonishes the rest. Nancy. Oh, I really like that. Mm. I like that. I've got a, I've got a, I think that's, that's my t-shirt. You. That's my t-shirt of the month. <laughs> Another t-shirt. Absolutely. Her truest fear to wake up one day and discover her high school class runs the country, <laughs> Christina. Jesus Christ. It would be me. I was homeschooled. That class would be me. <laughs> and after much study, she determined that a black cat crossing your path signifies that it's going somewhere. No, that you yes. have a chance to cuddle a cat. You can't. It's study. Um, I own a black cat and he's my favorite and I'm his favorite. Yeah, my favorite's a white cat. Oh, that was so racist. <laughs> Wow. Uh, wow. Right. That sounded really racist. Ladies, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you had a great week. And there's Oliver. <laughs> I, it was pretty Oh, God, this show is already off the rails. We haven't even started. Because I'm here. Yes. Well, you got two ladies talking about their cats. That's yeah. the only way welcome you can start a cat show. show. You know, in, in a lot of ways, our show is like the on-valve of a, of a pressure cooker. Yeah. Know? It's yeah. like of all week we've it's stored up all of these, you oh know, gosh. all of these different things that we can't talk we've about. We've held to in our screams of anguish. And, and all it needs is for you to say, How was your week, ladies? Yeah. And it's like, whoosh. Oh, wow. We, we need that. We need, all over the place. We need, that, we need that clip of like the girl, the women doing yoga with the Grinch. And it's like, release the, <laughs> the sounds in your mind. And the Grinch just starts screaming. It's <laughs> the best clip ever. Oh, it's me. So today is our, our essentially our last uh, show where we have an interview, and we'll present later on the interview Nancy and I had with Tom and Cecil of Whoa. Cognitive Dissonance. But first, let's do a bit of chit chat. Um, so did you guys hear? The, uh, there's a city councilor in Victoria that basically uh, made the news this week because he essentially said that uh, he didn't want to pay 
and use money for Christmas decorations. And it made a big fuss in the press. Um, he was saying that he didn't want to receive poinsettia flowers and stuff like that because they were Christian what? symbols. What? Yes. How is a poinsettia a Christian symbol? Well, the, the, it's not. But in his mind, you know, anything that, that was Christmas theme was a, a Christian symbol and should not be represented. I'm pretty uh, sure if you hand someone like... The Jewish like candle thingy, mm-hmm. not the Christian. menorah. The menorah, yeah. not Christian. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Uh, I, I th- there was a huge backlash right off the bat uh, for this uh, city councilor, and uh, a lot of the public was actually kind of outraged by it. And uh, unfortunately, um, well, I don't know if I should say unfortunately about this, but he's actually correct. By law, he he's actually correct uh, as a representative of the government. And according to the uh, Supreme Court ruling of 1987, Canada is supposed to rule as a secular country. Therefore, separation of church but, and state, etc. But you et can have Christian de- Christmas decorations that aren't religious, like snowflakes, snowmen. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that was his point. He says if you're putting de- decorations like snowflakes, you know, mm. Santa and all that, that's fine. It's anything that was of uh, a religious denomination. Yeah, like the nativity scene. I just think he didn't really express himself properly about yeah. this. And the poinsettia is not Christian. No, the poinsettia is <laughs> not that's Christian. ridiculous. It's not. I believe it's pagan. But could you argue that pagan is a religious symbol? I don't know. But, you know, when you, when you th- but thinking about it, because I agree, I agree with the, with the councilman, but how many, how many Muslim families give poinsettias to their relatives at this time of year? How I many Jewish families? They typically don't it's mm. exchanged with christian yes they they do put them on desks and in public places because they're considered secular but you know the root of it is really um christian and it's the christian idea of the 25th that dominates mm-hmm. you don't see that many menorahs you don't mm-hmm. see kwanzaa you don't see anything else mm-hmm. and i i agree that Spending a lot of money on decorations that are festive, that's fine. But have the snowflakes and the snowmen and the menorah and the quants, whatever symbols there are of everybody, have it more inclusive than dominated exactly. by, by one particular group. So, so at the risk of being unpopular there and not going necessarily with the, uh, with the what people are saying, uh, this, this guy is actually correct. He's just not expressing himself properly. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to put... Uh, Christmas decorations and Christian theme decorations for Christmas, that is fine, but you also have to do that for every other holiday of every other faith. Yeah, exactly. In the name of equality. Now, the best thing to do, because we're talking about public funds and nobody would like to spend frivolously taxpayer money, and this is why usually governments usually opt out for saying we're not going to put anything at mm-hmm. all. So we're being equal and not putting anything, or you could be equal in putting up everything. So you could put decorations for Ramadan, put decorations for yeah, Hanukkah, yeah. decorations for Kwanzaa, decorations for God knows what X religion goes out there. And I'm perfectly fine with that. But, like most people would say, it's a waste of money. Well, in that case, then don't put any of it at all. Unless you're putting, like, completely neutral, neutral mm-hmm. uh, theme uh, decorations. So, perfect. Now, last week, we talked about a little Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yes, we did. That was uh, a really good conversation. Well, it's not over. Ooh, there's more? There's there more. Is. Because now, the CBC decided to go back and decide, okay, we're going to put the song back Okay. On. Uh... And I think last week I was listening to the show there, and what I really wanted to express, which I didn't 
expressed properly uh, into your dissenting opinion there, Christina, is I think what people are, they're not offended with the idea of a corporation um, deciding to not play a song yeah. and the song is accessible somewhere else. That's not the problem. I think the problem arises when people are fed up with people being triggered by something like this. Because, frankly, let's face it, if you're triggered by this song, what the hell is wrong with you? No offense. I well, cannot... I don't think you can get mad at people for getting triggered by things. Why? Because, like, I... There's nothing to be triggered at with this. Well, the thing is, you, when people have gone through traumatic experiences, you can't control what, I what is going to bring you back to that moment. And sometimes it's... Like, for me, if with things that have happened in my past, if I see anything related to the BC Lions, mm-hmm. I get really messed up in my head. But and I, and it, it, like, it can just be like the picture of like the symbol. And it, it's there's roots to it. I try to mitigate that as much as possible. But if someone was like, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Like, just get over it. Like, there, there's a root to that. Like, if someone has been roofied, mm-hmm. that line could totally be a trigger. I understand that. And, 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 but at some point, I think, and, and I think this is where the, the, the right wing actually scores points. You got to come to a point and say, you know what? The, the, the trigger point of one individual or 10 individual or even 100 individual should not outweigh what the greater good for the public is. And, um, but how, how is playing a song the greater good? Well, <laughs> In this country, for example, there are like, I might be getting some letters about this because, you know, uh, there are like 35 million of us. Yeah. And how many people are triggered by this baby it's cold outside? Probably not tons. Yeah. Probably mm-hmm. not, you know. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. And mm-hmm. the thing is, are we overly sensitive something like that? If I take another example, um, there are some people that really suffer PTSD uh, for being at war mm-hmm. and something that triggers them are fireworks. Yeah. Right? The sound of fireworks mm-hmm. kind of sounds like, like explosions yeah, and stuff totally. like that. And yet, nobody's really banned fireworks. I, I think this is where it comes in. And, and I think this actually also plays into the baby it's cold outside conversation is people have to understand their own triggers like me with yeah. the BC lions or um half balding men are super like mess me up um Jeez, you can think I know right <laughs> but for me I know those triggers so I when I when I'm I, I can mitigate them like if I know I'm going to be going somewhere that I might see that or um I, I can try to do something that'll calm me down or help me get through that. Mm-hmm. So, like, for the fireworks with people with PTSD, they can... They, if you know that that's a trigger for you, you can do things that will will help you get yes. through it. And, and with the baby... Sorry, I'm jumping here. With the baby, it's cold outside song. If people know that that song is a trigger for them and it's on the radio, then they can just turn it off. What do you... Uh, how do you... What do you... Both of you feel about trigger warnings before something. Oh, I, I love well, them. Then, well, I think you'd be putting a trigger warning on just absolutely everything because I, everybody's but, an individual. But there right? are things that are 
triggering to a more higher percentage of people. Yeah, but right, because, right there in your example, so sorry to cut you off, yeah, no, but no, right no there problem. in your example, you just said, you know, you have these triggers and th- these triggers, mm-hmm. and you are dealing with them. Yes. But when you have something like Baby It's Co Outside, what you're essentially saying is, I'm having these triggers, but I want society to deal with them. Well, but my my conversation yeah, or last week was that if a, if a radio station decides not to have it on mm-hmm. because they know that that might be triggering for people, yeah. 100% that's their choice. Yeah, of course. I, that's a corporate choice. I, 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 don't, I don't think you should ban, like someone should ban it so no one can listen to this song. No, of course not. Like that I don't agree with. But I, I don't have any problem with a corporation being like, we aren't going to play the song for these reasons. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, I don't think it's, I don't think it's reasonable for people in our society to expect everyone to, I'm trying to think of the right word, to be understanding mm, yeah. of your triggers. Because, because there are a lot of people who just don't understand it. And, and a lot of people have very unique, like me. Like most, like you could never put a trigger warning on how, like balding men, like or a that, car backfiring for, for that. It's a very specific, but if you're going, say you're, say there's like a podcast and you're going to be talking about like sexual assault, mm-hmm. like that is a common thing that people might just not want to listen to. Like for me, um. When I'm having a bad day, I'll look at the descriptions of, like, because I listen to news podcasts, and I'll look at the description, and recently in the podcast, um, it was going through, it was like, there was a seven-year-old girl that had died, and I was just like, I'm not in a place to listen to that, so I'm not just, I'm not going to listen to those podcasts today. But then when I was in a better mind space, I went back and listened to them, because I knew that I wasn't going to, like, be brought into like a horrible mind space from it but when i had first read the description i knew that i was in a place that if i listened to that i was going to be messed up because i have previously listened to podcasts like with the jamal khashoggi um murder like i had i was having a great day and i listened to that and it just like my brain was just messed up i I didn't even expect that that would mess me up but it did and so like there's only so much trigger warnings you can put on something to help people. But is it is it the responsibility of society to be completely always on the vanguard to try to help an individual with his or her perceptive problems? Which is which is a valid question because if you have a trigger and you know what the trigger is. Mm-hmm. Such as the Khashoggi or the seven-year-old girl, and I agree yes. with you. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, from a totally different perspective, they're they're bothersome to me. They're yes. horrible yeah. to me. I, I'm my mind is never going to be in a space where I want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So my choice is I turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And if I know a song, if 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 there's if I'm listening to the radio, and they're they've got a news story that has to do with abuse of some kind. Mm-hmm. That radio, I mean, it's off. Yeah. And then I check 
maybe a minute later whether mm-hmm. I can go back to it or not. So I, I I'm able to take the responsibility and do you know the, the best thing mm-hmm. for my mental state. Mm-hmm. And the radio station is doing what they need to do, which is playing current news for people mm-hmm. but, who want to listen. But the thing is, the thing is, okay, my, my father in, in his in infinite wisdom said a few wise things to me. And one of the things he said to, to me, he says, your rights end where the rights of others begin. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm okay with that. But you see, when you get a, co- a company like the CBC who decides to pull baby, it's cold outside, they don't do that out of the blue. They do that because they've received feedback. Well, I think it's because a lot of women... Have complained. Have experienced yeah, getting but, drugs. Yeah, but so it's, it's not like the CBC... a lot of women that... Yeah, but it's not like the CBC decided, well, you know what, that that lyric, maybe it's cold outside, a lot of women have see, had these, maybe may have these triggers, so maybe we shouldn't take a chance. No, they probably responded, uh, this is speculation, of course, they probably decided to pull this because some people have complained about that song. Because it probably was distressing for them. Well, maybe what they should do, instead of complaining about the song, is do what Nancy exactly did and turn it off when well, it plays. But there there is a balance to... Wanting to advocate for yourself mm-hmm. because if half the population is women and a large percentage of women have experienced yeah, of course. sexual assault or harassment and that could be triggering for them. Well, I'd be really surprised and if a large percent of women that have experienced assault are triggered by that song. I would be really surprised. Well, you know, if you take a song like that and people complain... Are they complaining out of knowledge or are they complaining out of misunderstanding? And I think in a large measure, complaining about that song is is misunderstanding because the people who look at it in terms of Me Too are not saying to themselves, this is in context in the 1950s mm-hmm. or 60s. Yes. And at that point, it was a lively tune People liked it, and they knew it was slightly risque, mm. but it didn't trigger ideas of rape yeah. and and drugs and yeah. and drinks. So if if I say to you, I'm really sorry you complained about this song, maybe it would help if you understood where the song came from and that the lyrics have nothing to do with mm-hmm. date rape. Maybe that would enlighten people to say, oh, okay, well, I can choose to listen to it but, or not, but I don't have to get upset that mm-hmm. it's a rape song mm-hmm. because now I understand it wasn't written yesterday. It was in the 1950s, mm-hmm. which is a totally different era. I, I think one way you can look at it isn't people, a lot of people understand <laughs> that this song isn't actually, like when, when she does say what's in this drink, like, I think a lot of people understand that that isn't referring to rehypnol. Like, people understand that. But you can't control what triggers you. You can't be like, I understand that when this song was written, it was in these contexts, and that is not what this song means. But if you're just in your car and it comes on the radio, you can't just tell your brain not to react to that no but you can't tell your brain how to react to it though right i mean you you don't you don't know you can't well okay you're you're having a reaction you have an unpleasant reaction but it's it's not like it forces you to grab the phone and make a complaint no right you can basically say okay i don't like this i'm going to turn it off or you can say you have a very a, a myriad of options here 
I'm just but I'm just saying I don't I, I don't understand why we're we're forcing the greater public to become the custodian of what triggers just about everybody because this it becomes an infinite problem because if I'm triggered by canes and I see people walking around with canes and I and I start complaining about people walking <laughs> around with canes what the hell is that right as someone who is actually triggered by canes <laughs> probably don't like this little thing here well, I got it for me like. I like for me because I have I have things that in throughout my throughout my life have made very negative impacts on my mental state Mm -hmm. and I carry through my future I will carry that mental scar and I have to know that Mm -hmm. but I have to speak up for myself yeah if I'm in a situation where I know something is triggering for me and I can do something about it. I have to speak up for myself. And, and I think that's true. And I'm going to stop you because mm-hmm. before you before you say the next sentence, I, I want to go back to what Kevin said in a, in a, uh, a few sentences ago is that your, your rights, you know, end where somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. It, at what point... Is it your responsibility, or was it, is, yes. where is it uh, uh, the responsibility of a person who is triggered to understand that they're working through all of these issues and mm-hmm. trying to be able to deal more positively with the real world and things come yeah. up? Where is it your responsibility to say, I have to deal with this trigger in my own way to make myself healthy, mm-hmm. and I can't expect... I can exp- I can hope that the world will be sensitive to where I am, but I can't expect them to totally change the the reality or the presentation in order to satisfy me. Mm. There has to be a balance, and and I th- I definitely think that is it's always on. Does that make sense to you? No, it definitely oh, okay. does. I think it's it's always on the person with the trigger to understand what their trigger is and try to mitigate it, but. I I don't with the baby it's cold outside song. I don't think that anyone who contacted CBC letting them know how the song impacted them, I don't think people were like just because of me this song can't be played. I I, like, there might be people that thought that. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a but, gap of information we don't have there. But I know for myself, if there was a song that I knew was triggering for me, I would, and it was commonly played on the radio, I would have no issue writing in and just explaining my situation. Because obviously there were a lot of people that wrote in about this yeah well this and and so obviously it was impacting a lot of people but why do you expect that you should write in instead of just turning it off why do you take that step of writing in if, if why we, do you expect that they should accommodate you but that that's the issue i i if i did write in mm-hmm. to cbc be say say i had experienced date rape and or not yeah, even date rape just i had been drugged or you have an aversion to 1940s music exactly whatever <laughs> I, I know for myself, I would write in to inform them uh-huh. of how this impacted me just so that they could know. And if there were enough voices that yeah, but spoke what, up. Okay. And what? because it's not just one person that's saying this. No, of course not. It's, it's a lot of people that this song 
has a negative impact on mentally. And and I and I don't think it's I don't think we should shame anyone who wrote in because no, I'm because I'm sure that. I'm sure those people did turn it off when they were listening to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine those people were wanting to advocate for other people who had were going through the same mental anguish and dealing with their own history and traumatic pasts because as someone who has the ability to write in you realize that there are people who don't have that ability yeah but i can understand the ability to write in if you're facing something like discrimination but this is not what you're facing here this is a personal thing to you and although you're not alone it's still a personal thing to you i'm just wondering why do you think that the response you have a choice here. The responsibility could be on your shoulders. You could take the responsibility and, and walk away or withdraw yourself mm-hmm. from the situation, or you can put the responsibility on the shoulder. I think you can do both. But I don't understand why you feel that you should put the responsibility on the shoulder on the CBC, for example. But but the issue, um, I don't think it is putting one like. I guess where where I'm coming from, like I don't see how that's. Mm-hmm. Putting the responsibility on the CBC's shoulder because it, it's it's their choice if they want to play that or not. But if but aren't you writing? You're writing the letter to express your situation. Yeah, you're you're a voice for other people. I understand that. But do you do you feel that? that voicing your opinion means that the radio station has to immediately take responsibility and no, change their programming? Not at all. What, because if if there are a substantial number of people who say, don't play any more Christmas music because it it's very sad for me. I've lost family members. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I get the blues. Yeah. I get depressed at Christmas. A lot of people get so depressed at Christmas. Please don't play any Christmas music. And by the way, with Easter coming up, I don't like Easter bunnies. And as long as I'm <laughs> writing you, I might as well let you know that Halloween scares me to death. What is a, a radio station supposed to do if they get... I would say, let's say they get um, 100, 150, 200 letters. At at what point do they say, I will take these um, uh, people seriously and change my programming or write them a letter and say, I'm really sorry, we are very sympathetic, (laughs) but we play things on our station that... Uh, go along with the um, the media codes. Mm-hmm. We don't play anything illegal or pornographic or inciting a riot or, or some things like that. We're very sorry to hear of your difficulty, but we do play for the greater yeah. majority. And you know, we we <laughs> hope you you find a way to um, to deal with your with your issues mm. um, and, you know, in, and, a, in a in a in, in a positive way. But at what point should they change? This is, the other, they this is the other side of the equation we're not talking about here. I mean, the CBC, for example, is a corporation, and they're worried about revenue. Yeah. So they're worried at some point if uh, Christina is now uh, decides to tune into another channel because of that, and there's like 
3,000 more like her that they're losing mm-hmm. valuable time for their advertisers. So the, the, the problem is really, really complex when you think about it because you had capitalism putting itself in there. Mm-hmm. They get psychology. But yeah. anyway, we're not, we're not going to solve yeah. this. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think the advertisers would, would pull out, you know, um, be, if a radio station gave in to, if they had a listening audience of, Three million people and two hundred people write letters. The advertisers yeah. are on the side of the corporate structure. Where is that line? Where's that good that great yeah, line? Yeah, right? there there is there is a line, and I and we got into a marvelous discussion about that. Yes, line which threw today. the show really off yeah. kilter because yeah. I had a whole bunch of things I, I wanted to talk about, but now I'm looking yeah. at the time. Wait, you just have a I do just have one point on this. I think. Oh, hey, how are you there? I know I am here. Well, I couldn't get a word in edgewise between the two of you going at it. Um, I think first of all, two things. One, when this specific discussion with baby, it's cold outside. We don't know what actually caused them to take it off the air. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very important part that we would need to actually have a, to go even deeper into that discussion. I think that's a good point. Otherwise you're just assuming and you know what they say about assuming. Mm -hmm. Um, You're just assuming that it comes from it. And it's very likely that it very well could have come from all those letters, but you don't know that for an absolute Mm -hmm. fact. And that would make a big difference in why they may have taken it off the air and to why they're now putting it back on. Okay. And when it comes to trigger warnings, my second point, I think it's important to be aware that you are you don't know what might cause a trigger for somebody like that what might trigger someone but just to kind of be aware and just accepting that some things that might not be a bother to you might be a bother to somebody else and if you see that a lot of like this one thing seems to be doing triggering a lot of people you can make that decision for yourself as a person or as a company or whatever Mm -hmm. into what you're going to do about it yeah. Um, anyway, we'll we'll move on here because God knows we could do an entire show just about that. Oh. We kind of did. <laughs> I could sum. But there was yeah, a, sum it up, there was please. an article. Up, there was an article in the province this last week that, regardless of what side you're on, I think deserves some merit. So if we could close the, I hadn't we hadn't planned on this, but no. let, let's <laughs> we're let's, way behind schedule. Yeah, here. let's let's do this and, and then let's invite schedule. what 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 I think we would like to. I'm speaking for everybody now. Mm-hmm. I think what we'd like to do is. Any of our listeners that would like to weigh in mm-hmm. on this, and you have an opinion, and, and or you have something that you'd like to say, please let us know. Yeah. Because if mm-hmm. we feel this way and we see, you know, various sides of it, I'm sure those of you who are listening would too. And whatever points you'd like to yeah, make, please kind of, let us know. This is the kind of conversation our friend Jessica, the therapist, <laughs> sent yeah. us a letter yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. and we made a new friend with it, so yeah. send us some more letters. Anyway, so here's here's the letter that that was written, um, and it wasn't written. By by a, a journalist. This is just sent in by an opinion, piece. By a, a opinion writer. Here we go. If the politically correct police who have been recently condemned, who have recently condemned the song Baby It's Cold Outside for being suggested of date rape are looking for other politically incorrect Christmas carols to censor, may I suggest they look carefully at Santa Baby, in which a woman asks Santa to bring her a sable coat and a convertible because she's had because she's been an awful good girl. 
Really? How so? <laughs> or how about some people might feel about now now we don our gay apparel or grandma got run over by a reindeer in which grandma <laughs> seems to be quite grandpa seems to be quite unaffected by the death of his spouse. Then there is I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, kind of suggestive of adultery. How about the couple taking a sleigh ride while snuggled up together like two birds of a feather? Under a blanket, snuggling, eh? <laughs> then we'll frolic and play in the Eskimo way. Are the Inuit happy with that? Or the Christmas lament of right-wing white supremacists, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know? Come on, PC police. Do your job properly and get to work weeding out all the rest of carols that suggest inappropriate values, some sentiments, and behaviors. Once you get carols cleaned up, you can start vetting all of the jazz, folk, blues, and rock and roll songs that have been corrupting our minds for so long. Mm. And this was written by Ray Arnold of Richmond. Yeah. Uh, I think Ray, we're sticking to the far, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I know. I... I, it's a little oh, what's, what's the word um, oh, I can't think of it anyway it's kind of poking a bit of, it, it, a bit it, of jest it, it, at in that in conclusion I, I just wish people would, before they write a letter to the CBC about being triggered or something like that I, I'm really sorry if you're triggered for, by any event I just wish people would take a, the step of maybe trying personal responsibility first I think they do well I, I don't get the impression of that but then what do we know about this really Okay, moving on because God knows we're we're way behind here. Uh, by the way, Bill B C uh, Bill C fifty one passes. They've repealed the blasphemy law in Canada. Oh yay! yay. Uh, Barry Newfeld, you know this idiot that the uh, anti Soji yeah. was actually yeah. voted out of the as a liaison <gasps> of the board. Woo-hoo. Really? He's still he's still a trustee, but he's mm-hmm. no longer a liaison for the board. He basically put, he called himself a prophet one time. <laughs> and basically, said the elite will destroy all gay kids. The agenda oh is eugenics. Gosh. He's the guy who lost his mind, obviously. Um, or he's just finally speaking his There mind. was this guy, John Downing, 66. He was an Irish professor in France. He was killed by a suspect, Ali R, oh 37, God, from Pakistan, for insulting the prophet. 13 fatal stab wounds in the neck and the chest. Uh, the police found that no, this is what I want to point out, the police found no reason to suspect terrorist connection. Which The point is, Islam is violent, whether you like yeah. it or not. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's, that's just what it is. And last but not least, the Yellow Jackets, I want to talk really, really quickly about this uh, in France. Um, people, you know, this is not a pro-conservative movement. I don't care what you say there. Trump's been going out there even saying that they want Trump-like stuff like that in, 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 in France. If you, get, if you even think that, you, you know nothing about the French. And for France, they're calling Macron the president for the rich. The problem, what, what triggered this was not even the carbon tax, because a lot of people say, oh, well, why are you so pro-environmentalist? The French don't like the carbon tax. It's not the tax itself. Uh, Macron basically decided to cut the the wealth tax. The French didn't like it. And he's basically nickel and diamond into death. The, the carbon tax was the last straw. And now they're up in arms. And Macron essentially is trying to step back as raise the minimum wage and he's, you know, uh, eliminating that carbon tax and all that, but it might be too late for him. Uh, just want to point out that if you think this somehow is a anti-globalist movement but it's a pro-nationalist Trump-like movement you are wrong it might be an anti-globalist movement yes but it's not a pro-Trump in any way shape or form do not fall for that (laughs) it's just stupid if you think the French want somebody like Trump-like authoritarian figure in France you're an idiot of the biggest kind 
So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Worked through that, didn't we? <laughs> exactly. All right, my dear Nancy, you got our top ten? We sure do. Actually, I've got a top five. Okay. Oh, still keeping with our, uh, our my, I, I'm pulling us all in as a group when it's, <laughs> it, it's actually my choice here. But um, with the theme of um, Christmas, Canada, Christmas and what, what Canada gives mm-hmm. to the world, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to do the top five places in Canada to go for Christmas because there are places that are grandma's house more Christmassy than others. Your grandma or my grandma? My grandma's dead. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Number five on the list, and I don't know whether or not, you know, we're aware of it, but the, the number five place to go is Edmonton. Really? Yeah, it's a it, for for American listeners. It's the capital um, of the the province of Alberta. But New Year's Eve in Edmonton and Christmas are huge celebrations, and they're on the Saskatchewan near the Saskatchewan River, and um, it's home to an honest to goodness candy cane lane. And oh there goodness. are eight blocks in es- in Edmonton's West End that uh, are a festive wonderland every December, and on um, peak nights just before Christmas, the spectacle can lead to traffic jams. So anyone that wants some place to go next year, this is the time to start thinking. Gee, you a know, traffic, check it out. A traffic jam in Edmonton. Mm. I gotta say, that mall must be hell. Yes, they have one of the yeah. biggest malls in the they world. Do. They have the largest indoor amusement park. Okay, but their water park is so much better than their amusement park. Didn't they just redo their water park? Did they? I think they did yeah. something. Ooh. So that's that's number five on the list, but it may be number one on somebody else's, mm-hmm. so check it out. I need number, mountains. Yeah, number four... You'd, it's, it's kind of funny because you'd think maybe we'd be a little higher up, but number four is Vancouver. Really? Yeah. So in Vancouver, they have the um, the ships. Par- Has anybody gone to any of the no. things in Vancouver? They have the ships parade of lights, and they have um, the, uh, the festivities on the water, and then they have a lights parade around Falls Creek, and it's great for a, a romantic dinner if you you do that. Mm-hmm. You can go to Stanley Park. And um, it's just a wonderful place. It's not particularly, you know, the whole town does not light up, but it's a lot of good things to do. Don't go to Vancouver. (laughs) No. Apparently, though, Harrison this year is amazing because it's all decked out in lights. They've decked out the whole city in lights. But so, if you go to Vancouver for Christmas, you can also do some ski. It's great because it's a jumping off place for people mm-hmm. that like to ski or yeah. go to Whistler, Whistler or is, other yeah. places. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a really great, great destination. So maybe next year. And if you come to Vancouver, you know, we're close by. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can always come visit us on the show. So <laughs> there's right. a bonus there. Number three, Kevin's going to love this, Quebec. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> And um, Quebec, they say, is a great place to spend the holiday because there are cobblestone lanes, a lot of white snow, beautiful architecture. Horse-drawn carriages. Yeah, there's a lot going on, a lot of festivals and a light show and a German market. So um, they say that Christmas in Quebec is one of the best celebrations in North America. Do you agree with that one? I would agree with that. Well. Although, the little thing that's different here, our listeners might not know, especially our American listeners, um... Christmas in Quebec is done differently. We don't do this whole thing of waking up on the morning of the 25th. It's actually done the 24th at midnight. Really? Yeah, you wake up the kids at midnight. 
And that's when they come down and open up their presents. And then after that, there's usually a huge feast, like at God knows what time in the morning. And by the time you go back to bed, you're you're out there till. <laughs> so Christmas Day is sleeping day. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, so if you're religious in any way, you perform, you go to midnight mass, obviously. Uh, but you know, most Quebecers, I don't think actually actually do that. Uh, but that's how it's done, which I was shocked when I first moved here uh, in the West and people decide, what do you mean, no 24 at midnight? You got to wait till the morning on the 25th? This sucks. Oh, no. But that would be my personal fate. If I had to choose some place to go, Quebec would definitely be the, the, the place to go because it. If you can, if you can deal with the cold, that's <laughs> that's where you want. That's where you want to be. Okay, number two, Toronto, well, which I, is I'm the largest city in Canada, and um, there's a, a lot of there's a a six kilometer route through the heart of the city. There's more than two dozen floats. Everything Ooh. from a donut house to dinosaur and Lego men and <laughs> twenty marching bands, Father Christmas. So it really they have a caval- cavalcade of lights and a big festival that um, ends in the lighting of a Christmas tree um, in the square in front of City Hall. So Toronto is such a big, mm-hmm. diverse city. It's got to be. Have you been to Toronto for Christmas? Not for years. No. I haven't. No, I Not haven't. Not for years. Not I, for Christmas I either. desperately want to go to the East Coast just to experience it. Oh, well. We can Road go trip. to Fan Expo in Toronto. Woo! Nerds! Okay, so the number one, believe it or not, I would, I, not knowing a lot of these, would say the number one Bam. is Ottawa. Ottawa. Really? Would you, yeah, would you choose Ottawa? Ottawa. They say that the, the reason it's number one, they have an illumination ceremony early in December, and then the parliament buildings have a lot of dramatic light. The Ooh. prime minister flips the switch on it, and then they have ceremonies that include free hot chocolate, um, and uh, they have a lot of caroling on Parliament Hill and more than 60 sites along Confederation Boulevard that have um, illumination displays there are a lot of places to stay in ottawa so if you like history and you Mm -hmm. want to you know go to parliament hill at the same time that's that's great ottawa is one of those fascinating little towns because it's almost perfectly bilingual everybody speaks very good let me rephrase that it's perfectly bilingual everybody speaks very poor english and very poor french (laughs) (laughs) it's never really good english and really good french but they can speak both but just Mm -hmm. poorly both (laughs) which i i'm having a blank moment which city has the ice skating on the river? Uh, that, that's uh, Hall, gets new. The, the, between Ottawa and Hall, there's that river. Oh, because it's Ottawa. Well, it's Ottawa and Hall, right? They're, they're like sister cities. Oh, okay. the, the river, river separates between them. them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd want to do so that. So while you're in while you're in Canada, here are the things we only have the five. So here are some things while you're in Canada that people really like in terms of presents that they get from people. Maple syrup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so here's the, there's no one, two, three, but here's the things that, um, that, that people really, really like to get from us. They like calendars with scenes of the Rockies. Oh, love yeah. that. They love little stuffed moose wearing RCMP <laughs> I just want the moose, not the RCMP. I got you a moose that's the size of you. I actually <laughs> did get me a moose How the size of me. How are these people? <laughs> or I, I think Kevin would like this. Canadian beer t-shirts and the absence of beer. You don't drink it <laughs> so you can wear it. Canadian rye whiskey. What do you mm-hmm. think of that? I'll send that to Tom and Cecil. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, they also like, and we like to send Tim Hortons travel mugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and these are good for expats, too, that are, yeah. are down in the States or other parts of the world to help remind them of Those of Timmy's travel mugs are the best. The You can get, like, the kind of plastic ones. They're $8, and those suckers are almost spill-proof. Oh, man. They're, really they're great. Nice. Yeah. And maple syrup, of course. <laughs> There's also maple uh, leaf shaped cookies. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's those are so good. Those are the best cookies. That's a classic. Oh my gosh, now my mouth is watering. Anything moose, bear, beaver related. Yep. That's, that's Spe- wonderful. Especially moose. Sense. Moose are my favorite. Hockey jerseys. People, yeah. You know, love hockey whether they live here a or not. A moose playing hockey. hockey. There. <laughs> a teddy of a moose wearing a hockey jersey playing yeah. hockey. Yeah. And. Um, people also send little gag gifts like craft dinners, oh my like usual gosh, Oreos, yes. vacuum packed salmon, uh, ketchup chips, yeah, milk it, milk in a bag. Yeah. Or I don't a large, think you can yeah. send that over the board. Finally, if you can't think of anything else, a large tin of Tim's coffee for those of you in the states. Yes. Tim's is like. Dunkin' Donuts, donuts on steroids. It's just yeah. much better. Or, we have a bigger variety. Or if the person has. Uh, sugar, like um, a sweet tooth, send them the a thing of uh, the French vanilla. Mm. Yeah, mix. the French vanilla. Because there's an good. instant mix. Yeah. So you don't, it's, you just put it in water and it's amazing. I buy yeah, it, it too is. much. What's the, what's the other, it's not a caramel, it's a top. What is that other, the other English flavor? toffee. English they don't toffee. Make oh. that but they don't make it anymore. Oh, I know. Oh, boy, that I know for a fact. I know for a fact that fabulous. the Japanese really love maple syrup. It's, yeah. it's a it's a luxury item yeah. down there in Japan. Really? Yes, absolutely. Any, any, anything, else that anything else that wasn't on the list that you'd you'd recommend as a Ooh. Canadian gift to send to somebody? <laughs> a loony. A loony. Or a toonie. Or a toonie. Just have it. Spe- one. Spe- or, or, mm. or our money, which is colorful. much more colorful. Yeah, which is not worth a lot anyway. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I saw. Uh, but I, it's pretty I stumbled at. upon a Viola Desmond uh, $10 bill yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh, I, I still haven't. It looks really, really good, actually. That's so Did you go wonderful. to the bank? No, I, actually, I was ordering some food there, and I happened to know the, the, the person I was uh, uh, working across the counter, and she showed me. That's wow. so awesome! And instead of instead of facing, you know, you know how you have the bill horizontally, yeah, and the it's, person it's... faces. Uh, she's posed vertically, mm-hmm. so you have to fill, flip the bill up vertical. Yeah. So it was, it looked really good. So that's awesome. Excellent. Anyway, moving on, my dear Kirsten. Yes. It's time for another brilliant moment. Brought to you by religion. Sorry, that was a really weird voice I just did. That was more of a Halloween theme thing. <gasps> Halloween's so much better than Christmas. Anyway. It is so much funner. <laughs> okay, while well, we mute Christina. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Done. <gasps> now I have the power. Alrighty. So, the Catholic Church is warning people of a financial scam that somehow doesn't involve them. <laughs> what? Finally. <clears throat> people in Michigan are apparently getting scammed by callers who claim to be members of the fictional St. Mary's Prayer Center Ministry. (laughs) The way the scam works, at least in one recorded instance, is that if you want to receive prayers, you press a button and get transferred to an actual human being who asks you for seed money. (laughs) The Catholic Diocese of Grand Rapids just sent out a warning letting people know this scam has nothing to do with them. 
So this is the unholy alliance of the Catholic Church and the prosperity gospel. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all well and good. But reader Mike had a number of questions for everyone involved in this story. Some of which I'm paraphrasing. What's the difference between the scam call and the Catholic Church in general? Both take your money without actually answering your prayers. <laughs> Number two. Setting aside the ministry's false name, why is the call a scam if it gives people hope? Mm. Number I three. I that was a major ingredient of a scam, that it gives, <laughs> gives, you, gives you hope without any return. This has got to be one of my favorite ones. Number three. What's the difference between a $10 prayer and a $100 one? Ooh, that's a good question. It's a <laughs> Get priority shifted up to the front. <laughs> Number four. Is the church jealous they didn't think of it first? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. And number five. Who thought of this brilliant headline? Grand Rapids Diocese warns of prayer for money scam. Oh my god. You know things are bad when the church for the church when they're warning people about the church. Well, essentially they're trying to do is eliminate the competition, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> essentially what they're trying to do. Hey, we're the number one scammers here. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh. <laughs> oh, the church. Oh my god. But this okay, maybe so they could good. maybe could, they can top it off. Now you get a $10 prayer, but you get a bro a bonus molesting. Oh my god. <laughs> A personal groping by the cardinal. Oh my gosh! What what if instead of like paying with money, like, here's my five year old son? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. oh my god, that's uh, so horrible. The Catholic Church is gross. Oh, it's all so churches gross. are gross. They're all... I know, but the Catholic Church is kind of like up there. Well, it's probably because it's got so much more history than the yes. rest of them, right? But I mean, if you yeah. put the evangelical movements and give it an extra thousand years, I'm yeah. sure we'd give a lot of stories I, out I, of that I too. Think, I think the reason the Catholic Church is so much worse is because they're so they're so centralized and they all have the same message. Yeah. Where and evangelical churches, there's each each individual church is different. Mm -hmm. They're so different. They're not connected to each other very much. They have their differences. But the Catholic Church, you could just move people around. Well, remember when we did the show with uh, Thomas yeah, Westbrook totally. there? Uh, he made some very excellent points about the Catholic Church. They're, they're kind of unique in many aspects, mm -hmm. right? They have a country of their own. Yeah. They have an embassy. They have diplomatic immunity. They have a whole bunch of things that other churches don't have. Yeah. So it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like comparing the local sandwich bar with McDonald's. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, the local sandwich bar's got a radness sandwich, but McDonald's is, we, we, we aim at McDonald's right away because it's the top dog. And well, I think we do the same thing with the Catholics. But this, this may be controversial, but if the Catholic church had stayed with the the original concept if they had if they had not branched off you know where they have all of these these, these scandals if they had you know all of the the, the, the priests um, involved with uh, um, with 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 little boys the the abuse and so forth and so on it's a beautiful religion I mean if, if you just take people who who want a faith 
that they um, they can immerse themselves in that has a lot of pomp and a lot of ceremony and a lot of beauty and a lot of ritual and a, and a lot of uh, um, comfort, you know, to people who um, are lose their loved ones and so forth. It would be great. It really is a shame that it degraded wow. into so many different scandals and the, uh, the 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 church, you know, amassing more money than um, and feeling that was more important in, in the long run than really helping people. It's always been right. the true God is money. Yeah, power, right. It's yeah. always been that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a it's a movement that basically thinks they're, they're eating their savior every Sunday <laughs> and drinking his yeah. blood. And then that priest, when he pulled out that jar of mayo, oh, that was it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke before. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> so let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have Tom and Cecil of Cognitive Dissonance. Yeah. So stay with us. In a world torn apart by a lack of reason. And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free. Learn more about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatcher such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. Anti-Semitism was preached as an official doctrine of the church until 1964. Do you think that might have something to do with public opinion in Austria and Bavaria and Poland and Lithuania? That the, the Jewish people were accused collectively as a people of deicide, of the crime of the murder of God in the figure of Jesus of Nazareth. And that, that anathema on them was not lifted until 64, well after the uh, perpetrators of the Holocaust had stood trial in secular courts and been rightly punished for their actions. How can this church say it has any moral superiority? It has difficulty catching up to what ordinary people regard as common moral and ethical sense, and it still can't make itself apologize properly. Well, joining us online are two people that if you listen to podcasts, they don't really need that much of an introduction. One of them is a great fan of Canadian whiskey, and the other one is Eli Bosick's best friend. They are snappy dressers and snazzy dancers. Tom and Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I'm not a fan of Canadian whiskey, so... That's not I what I heard. You can properly call that yeah, shit whiskey. That it's shit does, it's whiskey. like... 
It's the Coors Light of yeah. whiskey. <laughs> you the, know? It's the varnish remover of whiskey. <laughs> uh, last time you were on the show, I believe you called it the beaver pelt uh, squishing of whiskey or something like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah sure. That's, yeah, that no, sounds, yeah about right. sounds about right. It doesn't right. even have enough flavor to be offensive. Yeah. You know? It's, like, it's, yeah, it's it's shit you mix in other stuff. Like, right. it is definitely a mixer. Yeah, like, I would mix it with, like, potting soil yeah. and, like, or some marijuana or something. Like, maybe make work. some ice cubes out of it and put it in real whiskey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. It might water it yeah. down too much. <laughs> oh, Tom and Cecil, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, everybody knows you that listens to podcasts, but we have some new listeners and international listeners that might not be aware of who you guys are. Maybe you'd be so kind to give us a quick bio. Yeah, sure. So uh, we're I'm Cecil and uh, that other voice, the deep rich tones of my co-host Tom Thomas Smith yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, we run a podcast out of Chicago called uh, cognitive dissonance and it's a uh, atheist skeptical news show and we've been doing it now for 400 and almost 60 episodes and uh, and it's it's been going on for Quite a long time. It's going to be. We're coming up on ten years soon. In, well, in I mean, a we year, do four hundred episodes yeah. a week, so yeah, we're really a lot. A week and a half in. So, um, but, but yeah, we're working hard. We've been doing it for quite some time, and yeah. and uh, and we have a lot of fun when we do it. We we curse and kid around and tell horrible horrible stories about religion and uh, and skepticism, and then we make fun of uh, people that we play clips of. Mostly, they're religious. Uh, Fanatics. Yeah, I'm sitting over here show. nodding along yeah. to what Cecil is saying. Yeah. So if you heard my nodding through yeah. the mic, what the fuck is wrong? We've taken too long, too long off, Cecil. I can't even remember how to speak. Do, do, do you guys plan anything out for any of the shows, or do you just walk in and wing it? So we we share uh, a list of stories. So Tom will find stories during the week. He'll send those stories to me on Wednesday night, and on Thursday, I will come to the office. We have a studio in Chicago. And we will just talk about the stuff. Yeah. We don't plan anything out. We don't. We just. We just laugh and kid around with each other. We've been friends. Tom and I have been friends for twenty plus years yeah. now. That's, and so longer uh, so, than we've. Yeah, we've been friends more than half of my life yeah. at this point. So the thing is that the good thing about that is is that Tom and I. We, we we love to make each other laugh and we, we're very good friends and so like we just have good frank conversations and we also like to laugh a lot and so we just try to make each other laugh we're both easy targets yeah. which is good you know yeah. nobody sells somebody like a salesman right yeah. so it's like <laughs> exactly well it kind of goes against what I thought I didn't know Tom did any work on the podcast it kind of uh -huh. goes against the persona there it's the one thing he does oh, okay, okay, okay. it takes six yeah, minutes it's, it's the whole yeah, thing it's, start to finish yeah. Six minutes. Yeah, don't let this guy. That's it's it's it lasts longer than his sex. Well, I was about to say, is that his sex? Why is the six minutes there? Yeah. I'm, I'm good for. A I mean, solid it's like four. four. It's like four of my sexes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that includes foreplay, yeah, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what is foreplay? What is that again? I don't really know. I think that's where she blows you so you get hard, right? Oh. That's. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm married, Tom. <laughs> I'm over 40. It's a requirement. <laughs> We're not having fun if not. Uh, normally, there's uh, Kirsten and Christina with us, uh, but they're... Uh, I, I am guess. so glad they're not here. Oh, oh you can't, you can't I am say so that. glad that they're yeah. not here. You can't say that. Christina's wait, like wait your biggest fan. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel bad for it. it She's going to be crushed. She's going to be crushed. Yeah, you say that now because you're not used to talking to us, but believe me, halfway through... <laughs> You're going to be begging for those girls. <laughs> begging, I tell you. 
<laughs> Actually, you know what? Uh, uh, where is it? I, Wouldn't be the first time I was begging for girls. I I was a teenager. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually, the Christina may send me a message. She wanted to make sure that you guys both receive on, on her behalf. If you'd be so kind. Uh, she says, Dear Tom and Cecil, I don't remember how I stumbled upon the glory hole that is your podcast, but I have never regretted a single moment that I have spent with you both. Thank you for sharing your time and energy to shine a light on the ridiculous aspect of religion, politics, and general superstition. You showed me that my anger in the face of persecution is valid and that it's okay to laugh at the worst of the situation. Since I was 12, I have been, since I've had sincere, sorry, so not sincere, severe mental health issues and, I, and that make the most, that make almost every day a battle. In uh, my worst days, the concept of happiness feels so foreign that I question if I've ever actually really felt it. Even though in those black days, uh, black hole days, you two always make me smile. You both have the ability to make me laugh so hard I'm clutching my sides when all I want to do is curl up and cry. You both, through your podcast, have been such a light in my darkest days. Thank you for all your wonderful work. So, Christina, why Yeah, remember I... that joke I made about how I'm glad you're not here? Yeah. All right. All right, that made-up letter you just read makes me feel bad about that. Yeah, you so. want to take that back now, big mouth, huh? No, no, just kidding. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's I'm fine. not crying, you're yeah. crying. Why is my wife sending you messages? <laughs> that's because I'm French. <laughs> they have almost as much fun as we do. Oh, I know, yeah, I know. It's almost. Like it's, they're like the American version of... Yeah, know, exactly. They're like the watered-down version of our podcast. Yeah, it's so <laughs> <laughs> but I think, so if, I think if they stick with it, they're going to be okay. Yeah, I think these guys are going somewhere. They're going somewhere. It's a flash in the pan. <laughs> 400 episodes. They're going somewhere, I think. Yeah, they're going somewhere. <laughs> guys, you know, what has been the most inspiring thing within the atheism movement for you guys that you found oh, over the years? I got an answer for that. Right? Oh, yeah, oh, it's oh, going to be the same as Tom answer, Tom's answer. We just raised $122,000 yeah. for Modest Needs um, through the atheist community. And when I say when Tom and I raised it, we made – we did a thing called Vulgarity for Charity. Mm-hmm. So what, what we did was people could donate to Modest Needs. Uh, $50 got you a guaranteed roast, and they could choose whoever they wanted. They could choose a, they could choose a loved one, or they could choose a famous person. And they, all they had to do, if they chose a loved one, they should send in a photo or whatever. But then we basically uh, roasted those people in a thing we call Vulgarity for Charity, where we just string a bunch of roasts together. And uh, the people sent in a ton of money. Tom and I made dick jokes and kidded around with uh, the guys from Scathing Atheist for you know maybe a couple hours but uh, our listeners and their listeners together yeah. raised uh, a $70,000 and there was a generous match from a anonymous donor that Modest Needs hooked up that gave 50,000 match matched up to $50,000 yeah. of the money 122,000 in total. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we we just wrapped Good that job. and like I don't think I've I, I, I was saying before, like, I, I've never felt better about being able to be a part of anything. Yeah. Like, that's of, of all the things that I've had the, the un- unbelievable fortune to be a part of, just being able to be a small part of that was just was fucking incredible. Yeah, we were fucking first, incredible. We ran, a, we ran a couple months long. When we first started, when we first started this show, mm-hmm. within the first year, we ran a couple months long. Uh, a basically a couple months long charity drive for Doctors Without Borders, yeah. and we raised eight thousand dollars by ourselves back then, and we uh, thought it was the world. We were just, we oh were my just god, blown was, away yeah. by how much how much we had raised, and uh, and then in the following couple of years, we kept on doing charity drives, and then we teamed up with Scathing Atheist, who's also an absolute powerhouse in this niche. Yeah, and they like between our fans and their fans, we've been raising. You know, last year, last time we did this, we raised twenty five thousand dollars, and now. 
you know, the sky's the limit for next time. Now we're looking for donors, big donors ahead of time because <laughs> we really want to, we really want to make it bigger than the last time every time. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the charity you guys were doing this for modest needs, which, which is not super familiar to us, but from what I hear, it's a, it's a charity that basically takes essentially what it says, right? Modest needs. They just give a small donation to people that need a car payment or need little things just to keep them, you know, uh, on the flat, I guess. Yeah, things that yeah, make, to keep things you on this side difference. of that poverty line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those things make a difference in everyday life. You know, good, good on you guys. You, you, you do. You know, you have fun, and it's for a good cause. It's a win-win. Yeah, and since it was, it was only a fifty-dollar donation that yeah. got him a roast uh, on their show. But for us Canadians, of course, that represents like three thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what do you got? You guys use money up there, or what cases of maybe very sir. colorful yeah. money? It's, what is it? it's made still a barter system, right? It's it still is. two beaver pelts, gallon of pelts, one of those it's... Canadian French Canadian hats that they right. wear. Yeah, yeah. you got to give it to one of their yeah. horse cops or yeah. something to deliver it. <laughs> horse cops. <laughs> yeah, when, when you get the big ones, you get the moose people cop. You know, they <laughs> moose, the moose cops. <laughs> moose cops. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> now, you guys are in Chicago, right? Yes, we are indeed. We like are, on, yes. on purpose? Oh, 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 parts, the rich parts of Chicago are nuts. Nice. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. What, what fucking pine tree are you crying <laughs> from up there? <laughs> Hold on. His crank radio yeah. is, is wearing out. He's got a... I'll accept Vancouver and Toronto. Well, that's exactly <laughs> it. We're, we're, we're very close to Vancouver here, so... Okay, okay, I, are you okay. actually okay, in... Are you actually in Chicago, or are you... Yeah, I live, in, I live in downtown Chicago, you and know. Tom lives outside of Chicago, and our studio is in downtown Chicago. You lived in Chicago, didn't you? Yeah, I, yeah. I was born... That's right. That's my hometown for yeah. a long time. Oh, is it? Where, yeah. where, where, where about? Yeah. Lived there for a long time. I lived on the north side. I lived uh, near Carmen, Carmen and Broadway, between Broadway oh. and Clark. 51 I, yeah. around the I lived at 528 West Wellington, which was, uh, you know, maybe three or four blocks from where you just said Broadway and Clark. So wow. as, a, as a kid, I lived 63rd in Mayfield down by Midway Airport, which is not oh, where you want to live now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is why I stopped yeah. living there. So I live in the South Loop now. Yeah. No, I love, uh, I love sure. Chicago. It's it's one of the greatest cities in the oh, world. Um, it's, it's nice. It's nice to talk to you and and, uh, you know, bring back some of those some yeah. of those great days I had there. Nancy, I mean, how's the pizza up there? Oh, God. The, the, how's the pizza up here? She, the pizza? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, it's, it's not. You, they shouldn't even call it pizza. Compared, <laughs> you know, compared to Chicago, nah. No Italian beef sandwiches and pizza. Oh, yeah. You're a, you're a you woman after my own heart. And Italian beef sandwiches, absolutely amazing. Yo, know, Nancy's an expert. Obviously, she's been all over the U.S. and you know, <laughs> and she was one of the uh, smarter Americans that decided to become a Canadian. So, I'm hoping you guys do that too. One day. I, you know, if it wasn't so cold and desolate and pointless up there yeah. I would move <laughs> I, 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 I could see I could see the point list the cold and desolate nah, I don't know it toughens uh, you up wait, wait a minute are you no, fighting me wait a minute I, yeah. I thought you were going to fight me yeah, on the, the point list yeah. you're like you're fighting me on the cold part yeah. I would never make it that easy for you Tom uh, <laughs> I, I will tell you this though there's been so many times in the last two years that I've just looked across the border mm-hmm. and I've stared at your prime minister oh. in a dirty, dirty way. In a way that is just, I violated him with my eyes. I was just like, <laughs> I can't, I would do anything to have that guy as our as our leader oh in comparison well, to you know, what since, we have. Since we have a bit of an international podcast, are you guys willing to, uh, you know, um, say mea culpa for the rest of the world for having Trump? <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't apologize for him because I didn't vote for him and nor would I ever support any of his policies. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even support. Even if they're like, he's like, I'm gonna give 
hundred million dollars to all the fucking school children in the world back. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so I, I, there's nothing. I, I can't apologize for him because I don't. I would never represent him. But I, I do feel embarrassed. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Like I feel a sense of genuine shame in my country that we aren't better than what we've done. Yeah. Um. And I, and I was shocked. I thought we were better than that. Yeah. I really did. And when we turned out not to be better. Um, it, that was a that was really a moment of, of national reckoning, I think, for a lot of people yeah. in this country yeah. to look around and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I. Oh, <laughs> I God. Thought, I, oh. I was going to go better. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, like for four years, you've got that like burning bile taste in the back of your throat. Like you're just this side of fucking puking all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, there's an open invitation up here. You just have to remember that we have stronger beer and hockey is better than baseball. That's all you need. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Watch. I think you're probably right about that. And Vancouver is cool. Guys do or whatever yeah. that is. I, <laughs> I think hockey is better than baseball. Oh, I yeah. think you're absolutely right. way more physical. Way more yeah. Physical. I don't like hockey, but I don't like baseball either. So <laughs> I mean, a cigarette burn on the arm is better than a cigarette burn, burn in the, the eye. eye. <laughs> but like, it's still a cigarette burn. I don't. Come on, we're one of the best places to live on the planet. We've been like number two, I think, this year again. So come on, give us a break. I I love Canada. Yeah, I think Canada is great. Yeah, I went fishing there once, and there were a lot of fish that I caught. And I... (laughs) I've been to Toronto a couple times. I've been to Guelph, a place called Guelph. I know Guelph. Yeah, I, I, a friend of mine was going to school there, and so I was I would travel up and visit him, and it was it was wonderful. The people were sweet, and it was great. And they he's right, they have good beer, and you just hang out and chill, and you know it was it was Where fun. Where is Guelph? It's in between uh, Flint, Michigan, and uh, Toronto on a road. How's the water? No, the water's great. <laughs> better than Flint. <laughs> better than, better than, better than, than Flint. Flint. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anywhere is right. better than Flint. Well, Christina sent a, a question that I, I, I think you guys are going to have fun with. She wants to know, what was your uh, your best interaction with one of your fans? Well, I, I married one of one of our fans. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I feel like if I don't call that one out, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work out one. for me. That's a good one. So, does does she feel the mind. same way? <laughs> I have two in mind. So the first one was uh, when we were in... Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, we were doing a, 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 a skeptics in the pub. So fun. And a, a, a young woman walks up to me and says, I drove all the all day to get here. Yeah. Or I took a train all day to get here. I forget what it was just to meet you guys. And she was the sweetest lady. And we had drinks with her and talked to her. And she was super sweet. And then we had the exact same experience when we were in Australia. Oh, Somebody yeah. said they, they got on a motorcycle Mar- road. 700 kilometers or something oh my to get to just to just wow. to come to Sydney yeah. to see us. Unbelievable. And so that those are the two interactions that I think, you know, really stand out in my mind. You know, honestly, like we've had so much support and the support has meant so much like the, the show has changed. I mean, it is it has literally changed the entirety of my life. Like my life, I would not have anywhere near the same kind of life that I have, the same kind of opportunities I would not have met some of the most important people in my life. And mm-hmm. I, if it wasn't for the show, it's been a uniformly positive experience. Like in every way I have, I don't know what we did to deserve it. I don't, but yeah. I'm, I'm so fucking well, grateful you did, for you're it. You're damn it's good so at what fun. you do. That's what, yeah, yeah. that's why you deserve and, it. And yet these two won't even cross the 49th parallel to come and visit us. Moose people. Like, can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> moose people. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, is it like a full moon mare moose? Where moose? I don't know how that works up there. I, when I, I went fishing up in Ontario, and I, like in the middle of nowhere, and it was a lot of fun. 
But I remember driving and like there's all these signs like danger mouse or danger moose or whatever. Like and I was like, that is that's a hell of a superhero. Like danger it sounds like, <laughs> like danger moose. And I was like, it made me think of danger mouse, you know? <laughs> Here I come to save the day. <laughs> it just like, flies out this giant moose with a cape. Like I love Here I idea. come to A. What is it in the um, atheist movement that you guys have been doing this for quite a while that you found that's been most disappointing to you guys? I on on my end, some of the pointless divisiveness that you know is is endemic in any population once it reaches a certain size. Um, the sexual harassment problem is yeah, yeah. fucking stupid and doesn't need to happen, and people should just fucking behave and cut that shit out. Um, that's obnoxious um, and just it's just pointless and doesn't need to occur and is mean um, and doesn't doesn't have any place in this community at all um, I think that's 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 about the only thing you know other than that atheism atheism in and of itself isn't much of an organizing force humanism's a good organizing force yeah if you can get to humanism from atheism you've taken step two if you're stuck on step one I don't know that there's a whole lot organizing wise around yeah. that we lost a lot of listeners um because of that really? like a while back because of uh you know because we recognized ourselves as humanists now this was early on yeah um but when we first started out we would get messages from people and be like you guys are mixing too much humanism with this atheism stuff we right. just want to i just want to hate on religion and we'd be like no it's we want we want people to be good to each other like that's the key mm-hmm. it's like you know there's you know, I can be good without God and other people should be able to be good without God. And and we want to talk about the morality of the things that we're talking about, not just the, you know, God is wrong. If you want a God is wrong argument, go watch a Christopher Hitchens debate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to listen to Matt Dillahunty. Yeah, go listen to Matt Dillahunty. does it every week yeah. on Atheist Experience. People call him up and say, I believe in God. And he's like, nope. And then he just tells them why they're wrong <laughs> every week. There's people who do it so much better. But, you know, what you what, what we wanted to do was talk about when we talk about politics. The reason why we even started talking about politics was because of how it, it how religion invades, especially in the United States, yes. everybody's life. And so when we when we did that, you know, we, we also brought into that not only politics, but also, you know, humanism. And right. some people really didn't like that. And they, they they pushed back against it. And then they just left because we weren't going to change. So, yeah, you can't please. That was, that was you anticipated my next question. You can't really please anybody. And your show does have a, a very political tone to it in, in a lot of your stories. And for the record, Nancy, Tom has been nothing but gentle with me. I would never, ever, <laughs> never complain. That's good to know. It's That's to why know. we set the safe word. It's yeah. just it's good. <laughs> safe word cinnamon, is cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We better not tell him I'm a trained assassin. This no, is yeah, the time yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you may not know. Nancy is actually the uh, the original uh, wandering Jew of legend, and she, she's a trained assassin. So. <laughs> oh. All right, everybody, everybody all right, stay up north. Yeah, <laughs> Good, just stay up yeah, there. It's fine, we have. We're gonna build a wall yeah. or something. Yeah, no, just, you're too white. Yeah, we won't yeah, build a wall to keep wall. you out. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, just like this, build yeah, a wall. Yeah, they might build a wall. They're gonna build a wall to keep us out. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe this. I, I always go back on that story about Trump going to the the, the president of Spain and saying, oh, you guys should just build a wall across the Sahara." I was like, "Really? This this, this is your guy? Come on!" I was like, that's right. It's, it's not it anyone's guy. It's this coming. Guy it's coming shit. to an end, one way or the no, other. I sure hope so. You know, Humpty Dumpty is going to fall off that wall. 
I could not hope yeah, for anything more. Me than too. That. Yeah, me I, too. I really couldn't hope. Oh my for more. god. Well, speaking of hope, where do you guys hope to see this? Uh, a well, you can't really call it an atheist movement, but let's let's call it that for just for the the sake of the show. What do you guys think we're going to see the the, the uh, atheism in about five years? I think that there's going to the numbers are going to continue to grow. The the fastest growing. Uh, demographic among young people, young people is is what they call the nuns, N O N E S, and those are the people who are not uh, re- religiously affiliated. And I think the atheists right now, the atheist numbers are about they're they're guessing between seven and seventeen percent. They're not sure what the atheist numbers are in the United States. You know, they 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 guess based on people that are, they say that are either non denominational or that are not not practicing those types of things. But there's a lot of people. Um, and we've talked to a couple of different people, uh, atheist leaders who have said the same thing, which is there's a lot of people who are sitting in the pews going to church that are that are not believers. They're right. just doing it because it's it's community and it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a moment in the future where people start start leaving uh, religion in droves. And I feel like within the next five years, we could see a jump in those numbers. Now, yeah, I don't know do. how big those numbers will eventually <clears throat> get. But I and I and I think there will always be people who believe in in some sort of God or some sort of higher power, some religion. Uh, I, I, I know that that's always going to be true, but I do think that there's going to, that those numbers are going to continue to grow and we're going to, you know, eventually I think, you know, we could reach, you know, in, in many, many years, right. As right before we die from global warming, we could see as many as so in 13 years, know, 14, yeah, like in about 14 years, you could see as much as seven or 8% of the people. <laughs> who over, so. I, I would echo and say, you know, my, my hope would be that in a handful of years, um, the the atheist community becomes a political force that has to at least be yes. recognized. Yes. Um, right now, the atheist community is not a strong political force, and so although there is a significant number of people that are uh, non-religious in some form or fashion, they are being you know primarily quiet about that. I think that the less the more numerous they are, the more politically engaged they are, the more that they will need to be taken seriously as you know, political force, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, which is uh, which is so ironic because the numbers of um, nuns or atheists or non-religious is far, far superior to a lot of groups, whether it's the Jews or the black African American. Well, community. the Jews control the media. Oh so yeah, that. of course. Yeah, we forgot that. <laughs> that helps them with their message. This is and why you guys are friends with Eli, right? And they're lizard people. Yeah, and they so, are lizard people. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that fourth-dimensional shit. Well, it's going to be interesting if in the future you get some politician that says, yeah, man, I really want to get after that atheist that atheist that vote. Atheist that's, block, going to put yeah. me, that's going to put me over the top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it needs to happen. You'll see more out, you'll see yeah. more out politicians, too. Yeah. You'll see more, because I think that there's probably plenty of politicians now that are that are probably atheists that just don't come out, that just pretend yeah. to go to, they go to church once in a while. It's young people that have to vote. Yes. Because yeah. young people are, I mean, like you were saying, like so so many of them are non-religious and they just need to fucking vote. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll matter. Yeah. They don't matter when they don't vote. Yeah. They're not relevant. Uh, absolutely. But I, th- I think the indivisible group has has started the, the impetus toward young people vote. I mean, the, the midterm vote showed that there were a lot more voters that came out because they cared than, than had before. And that's a good sign uh guys when i started li- listening to your show which i follow religiously by the way um <laughs> I, I, damn I, it i don't know how to feel about that <laughs> i i used to think that you know it was a show by atheists for atheists but since you guys do so so much politics and even christina's letter kind of kind of basically 
uh, attest to this. Maybe you guys are not so much uh, a show uh, for atheists by atheists, but maybe you're almost an introduction to the, the, the whole movement of atheism by itself. Do you guys feel it's uh, different in that sense? or I don't know. I, I think at this point, you can't disconnect religion from politics in the States, right? You, you know, like, it, it's it's impossible to disconnect them. You, you've got... You've got issues where, you know, certain types of research are being discontinued because there are religious concerns with it. You can't you, – those things are just – they're so intertwined here in the States. I don't know if they are up in Canada or not. But here in the States are so intertwined, I, I don't think you can discuss religion without discussing politics if you're talking about current affairs. If you're talking about what's happening this week in the yeah. world. I mean unless you're talking about – you know, a priest diddling a kid. And, you know, those stories are so frequent and so, so boring that we, we basically skip them unless there's something extraordinary, extraordinary yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, Tom and Cecil, you guys might not know this, but by agreeing to come on our show today, you guys are ambassadors for family country. And, uh, of course, we knew know that uh, sometimes you guys have some differences of opinion that have come over the years. But, you know, as being the... Younger brother and sometimes wiser brother, us in Canada, we decide to appeal to a higher authority to come to help you guys agree to something. So we decide to write to Her Majesty the Queen, and she decided to send a letter back. Nice, oh, awesome. Okay, she's a sweetheart. I like her. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it when I. Yeah, no, I mean, I hate that lady. I thought she was all right. She doesn't bake good cookies either. <laughs> terrible grandma. Half-hearted blowjob. Terrible grandma. <laughs> Put your back into it, Queen. Come on. We haven't even started the show. I know it's for me, but pretend you're having fun, really. Jesus Christ. And I wear the crown. (laughs) (laughs) Or cookies are called corgis, too. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a week to recover from what you did with that scepter. The least she could do is hook me up, you know? Oh, God. (laughs) He's aggressive. Stronger arms than you think. Are we oh, doing your show? Let's do your yeah. show. Let's do the show. Before the Queen Tom, of England raped before me. Tom gets, before Tom gets, gets going on the Queen of England like he did when he was in England. <laughs> I like brittle bones and papery oh, skin, buddy. Gosh. You can just, like, when you smell it, you just smell the osteoporosis. It's like, oh, my God. It's like a cadaver dog farted in here. Now we all know why Donald Trump walked in front of her. <laughs> Did you did you write it on a swan? Because I she, only accept letters from yeah. the queen if they're written on a swan. Don't you guys still like the queen up there? Yeah. Well, what's your relationship? Aren't with you the guys? Queen? Don't you guys like still think she's a thing? Isn't she on all your money? Well, not all the money, but some of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we got. Oh, they, have, they have more than one money. I didn't know they okay. had more than one money up yeah, there. Yeah, we we quit her cold <laughs> turkey. So. <laughs> well, we decided we we got a letter from Her Majesty the Queen here, so I'm going to read this and okay. I'd like to see what you guys music, like so. to react to this. Yeah. Pretty so, exciting. the present decree from the office of Her Most Excellent Majesty Queen Elizabeth Alexandria Mary II. from the House of Windsor, Queen of the UK and Commonwealth realms, daughter of George the Sixth. Oh my God, I'm already asleep. We call her Liz, for we call sure. Her Liz. <laughs> <laughs> the present decree is to be considered by the Republic of the United States of America. We understand that you are a young country eager to do things your way. But after the recent election of the 45th president, the House of Windsor feels it needs to help guide the nation in your coming <laughs> adolescence. In uh, the matter fair. of donut versus Danish. Oh, 
It is the decree of the House of Windsor that Danishes are a far superior pastry oh. yeah, and fuck. are to be enjoyed instead of donuts in the earlier fuck. part of the day. Thank you. Thank you. Donuts are more suited as an afternoon Thank sweet, but are to be avoided in higher society. See, it's garbage food for poor people. That's, that's exactly what she said. That's because she's the worst. That's from the yeah. queen. Yeah. And yeah. I now like She has a raspberry center, too. <laughs> In the matter of Neapolitan ice cream etiquette, it is an inexcusable sin to scoop a cross like right. only a five-year-old would. It guarantees the right ratios. It's the right way to do it. Presentation of ice cream is of preliminary importance. And uh, denotes uh, proper etiquette. Um, the mishmash yeah, of complimentary stuffy, frou frou, fucking pinky out, high tea bullshit Neapolitan ice hey, cream. Why'd right. you dip your fucking Danish in a time? <laughs> <laughs> The mishmash of non-complementary colors and those of lack of etiquette only fit for the foul-mouthed Fustelarians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, in the matter of eggnog, the drink the popular amongst the uh, aristocracy also known as egg milk punch, however, the oh, horrible... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, Why would it be break, known by yeah, that? Break that down and don't throw up afterwards, yeah. I dare you. <laughs> hey, this milk... Uh, could use some eggs in it. <laughs> <And> punch. <laughs> the horrible cream mixture sold in U.S. markets, masquerading as nog, is not just revolting, but akin to attempting attending an offspring concert at the age of 50. This court decrees that if you do nog, you made it from scratch and should be sweetened with Crown Royal Canadian Whiskey. Oh. oh, no, we, okay, we made it from scratch once. Yeah, and the queen is high. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Like, we, that's the worst. We, we did make house, it. We did make we it from scratch, it and it's the worst. It is, it was the, it was the most amazing actual cooking experience of my life because we took a handful of ingredients, all of which I liked, and then we took all these wonderful things. When we put them together in the right order, yeah, it turned them all into moose shit. Yeah, like it, it was, was the just, worst. It was awful. It's the worst. It smelled good. And, and then all of a sudden, something, something. Eggnog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I can't say. Man. This is from the queen herself, guys. Yeah. Well, you know, the case is settled, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh guys, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Oh, we really thanks appreciate for it. Having us. It was yeah. it was a real fun time. Thanks again for having it us. It was a, it was a fun time, and it's it's good that you're from Chicago because now I've got you two guys, and Chicago is part of my favorite things in my life. So thanks, uh -huh. thanks for both. Well, but, come on down. I don't know if we're still allowing you guys into the country. Yeah. <laughs> see if you can pass that Canadian yeah. man. <laughs> well, we did a show the other day where we actually smoked marijuana because it's now legal up here. So excuse me, I don't think we're allowed now in the States. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the mic is all yours, guys. Be shameless. Go ahead. Plug yourself. If people want to find out more about Tom and Cecil and the Cognitive Dissonance, where can they find you? Well, you can find our podcast at dissonancepod.com. We also do another show with Scathing Atheist Guys called Citation Needed. We've been on your show before talking about Citation Needed, citationpod.com. That's right. Uh, it's a show that doesn't have a lot of listeners, but we really enjoy doing That's, it. It's so much fun. We love to do it. It's a lot of fun, and it's a really funny show that talk that takes a single topic uh, each week from Wikipedia, and then we just make jokes about it, and we have a blast. So if you want to give us uh, each of those shows a try, you can just check out those websites. Oh, perfect. Tom Cecil, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, this is Tom and Cecil of Cognitive, Di Cognitive Dissonance, and I took a left, or we took a left, at the valley. Hi, this, Hi, is, this is Ah, Tom no, 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 no
I don't know. Who are you? I thought we were going at the same time. No, no, we're not done. No, I go. go, No, I go. Hi, this is Cecil. You say this is all right. And I already forgot the rest. All right. Well, here you go. Okay. Hi, this is Cecil. Tom. God damn it! (laughs) (laughs) I took a left at the Valley (laughs) Podcast dot org. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. And that was none other than Tom and Cecil of Cognitive Dissonance. I'm so sorry you missed that. That's okay, because now I get to go and listen to it. (laughs) I get to join all of our listeners and be one of them. Maybe one day. Experience it with them. I will finally be here for an interview with them. Oh, yeah, we've got to have them back. It was so much fun. I was really, really honored by the fact that they actually remembered being on the show previously because it's their second time with us. They remembered me. You weren't even... (laughs) I was there the first time. Yes. That was my first time ever being on this show. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Your first episode ever on the show was with Thomas Ezel? Yes, because that's why you brought me on. Oh, wow. It was when we were interviewing. It was for the citation needed. It was Thomas Ezel and Eli. I knew and it was you a brought good, me on. I knew there was a good reason I brought her on. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that and then that was before my first episode because we recorded it before. And then, that yeah, that's the first time I was on here. So in other words, you owe me. I do. Well, I owe them. <laughs> because if it wasn't them, you wouldn't have brought me on. Because you knew how much I loved them. Fair enough. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for being on the show today. And thank you for listening. And uh, you can follow us at leftofvalue.com. You can follow us at uh, Facebook, at uh, Twitter, at LATV Podcast. Send us an email, left at, an email, left at valley at outlook.com. Send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor. But and make I, sure you have, like, vibranium shield when exactly. you do it. Exactly. To catch all those bullets. <laughs> and not one the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> Give us a five-star review wherever you find us. That really helps us. It helps others find the show. Uh, coming up. Next week, it's Christmas. Well, it's our Christmas special anyway. So we'll be talking about a lot of the history of Christmas and stuff that you might, the origins that might actually Fun surprise show. you. Uh, after that, we'll have our last show of the year, which will be a year in review as voted by you, according to our downloads, which were the most top 10 most mm-hmm. popular shows of the year. And our favorites. Next year, we'll be starting the year with Andrew Jasko and talk about life after dogma. And we'll also have our friend Rich Lyons. Uh, He was with us for the uh, Stone Show. (gasps) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to talk to him again. His podcast, Life After Faith. You think he'll like us when we're sober? Yes. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) We're likable. And also have Krista Christian Christensen. We'll be facing off against John, the godless engineer, on the debate of historicity Uh of Jesus. And the ladies from Forsaking Faith are coming back. And we'll be talking about, is the Bible good literature? That's going to be a really interesting conversation. And then after that, we'll have Zach from the Zach Religion Podcast will be talking to us as well in February. And we'll also have the incredible Matt Dillahunty. <laughs> so it's going to be a strong beginning of the year yet again. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you believe that it's been a whole year? Well, it's, we're going on five years now. Is I really? Incredible? Yeah, in March it's going to be five years. I've only been here for like two. Well, that's okay. The first three are probably <laughs> canceled. Anyway. Yeah. Oh. It improves significantly when I we, show. We're well, time fly, we're time like, flies when you're having fun. We're, oh. we're like wine. We improve in age. We do. <laughs> we really do. Oh, perfect. Well, until then, ladies. Thank oh, you so wow. much. Until next time. Teaching them to respect them, respect them.
fuck that. The system is broke down, working backwards in the only action of tactic. I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone. Speak your mind, time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist, 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.